bed. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Morning. Is there anyone here? If you're listening on podcast, we are in a hotel. So what you're seeing behind us is our unmade bed. I just just realised that. And Mark and I have, have, are of such similar blood that we never, ever have made the bed ever, have we? In our whole 20 years of marriage. Occasionally. A few times. Uh, I, I, I will often say, right, we're going to get into the habit of making the bed and then we don't. How many people here make the bed as soon as they wake up? Yeah, I, I, I quite like I quite like looking at the bed after one's got up. It's almost a sort of, uh, it's like a thumbprint of the night before, isn't it? It's but like isn't a... it lovely when you come into the room in the evening and it's made? Why have we never made the there bed? There is that, but also I really hate it when you get into bed and it's been so well made, your feet can't move at the bottom. You feel constricted, well, you feel claustrophobic. never you feel, ever going to be a chance of that. You feel hideously constrained, you get stressed, my feet get hot. In fact, I spend most of my time just sleeping outside of most bed covers. Yeah, the most that's ever going to happen if we make the bed is a bit of a shake out of the duvet and a bit of a plump up of the pillows. Oh, I wonder what you're going to say there. A bit of a but plump up of something, that's for sure. Sometimes when you see... Um, Michelle Sheridan always makes the bed. Always. Now, for years, oh, I, I have... When people said, it. oh, I make my children get up and make their bed straight away, and inside I've just thought, sad fox. Oh, but so I've never said it out loud, but wow, if I'm honest, that's what I've thought. But now, I've completely changed my mind. Well, Christine Betts says it's... I think it's a really important moment, and I wish I'd instilled it no. in the girls. Listen to this. No. Oh. Listen, no, no, hang on. Oh. Bra breaking news. What? Breaking news. This is important. Can I just finish to why I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that little routine in the morning sets you up for self-care. That's what I think, because now... When I do occasionally make the bed at home, which still is rare, but this is since my ADHD diagnosis and medication, I, I get this little like feeling of like momentary joy, like, and that's that executive thinking that we don't have as ADHDers. And I just go, oh, that's really not that sorted, but I won't do it the next day. Mark Howards says it's been proven that an unmade bed has fewer bed bugs. Ah. And I think for that very reason alone, that's why I've been doing it. That's why you've been doing it. But yeah. what about the psychology of it? I actually now think I was wrong when I thought sad fuck and it was just because I couldn't do it. I think it's so important to regularly question things that you've always been stuck with. One thing I don't want to do, like, like we go to the gym all the time now, don't we? We watch what we eat. We've seen our elderly and we think, I don't want that knee complaint. I don't want that. I don't want to not have enough muscle tone that I can't get out of my chair. I don't want this. I don't want that. And the other thing I don't want is to get rigid in thought where you just go, oh, everything I've always thought is what I think because I think that's ageing. Do you think? Would you agree? Well, you're very good You're because well, you're very smart. So you, you're fluid with your thoughts. You can change your mind. I think, I think everyone likes to think that they are willing to be flexible and everyone has their own way of not being flexible. So I don't think I, I think I was very inflexible for a lot of my No, 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 life, no. Actually. But I mean, like you're, you're sort of saying there, you know, I, I think it's really important that we all, you know, rethink the way we do things. And I think, I think it is, but I think sometimes, I didn't really say 
Well, what did you say? I didn't say I think we should all rethink the way we do things. I said, I want to be more flexible and question stuff that I've been really rigid with. Yeah, but you're happy. I might still, I might still. Yeah, but I suppose what I mean by that is that that you're happy to be more, not you, one is more happy to be flexible when you've come to the decision to be flexible about something yourself. If someone else says to you, I think you need to be flexible about that, everyone's inflexible and wants to punch them in the face. But, but you, it's, it's. I think there's so many now, like I'm going to be 60 next year and I'm very aware of all the traps that you can fall into as you get to that age. You become more insular, you become, you can become more rigid, you can become, and when I hear myself doing it, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm pulling myself up. Listen to that. Maybe you aren't right, Nadia, maybe, that, you know. But, as, and I'll say it again. No, 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 no. I know. I, I agree. But for example, a small example, and I'm, I'm only using your mum as an example of this. So my my, my mum. So oh. my mum said to me years ago, for God's sake, Mark, tell me when I start to do X, Y, and Z like yeah. my mother. Yeah. I've started to tell my mum when she does X, Y, and Z, and she, and with all due respect, mum, you know these things. <laughs> she says, no, I'm Wait not, and I'm, and I'm not. Almost like so in denial of what it is that is the thing that there is no room to make the suggestion that it's happening. And I I live in fear of, so when we say to each other, oh, that's just like your mum, or that's just, that, I live in fear of that inflexibility that's being there with me. But yeah, but I think what you're talking about is the decision you've made for yourself to admit it, because you've said to yourself, I want to be more flexible about that. But actually, if someone else was to say to you from the outside, I think you need to be flexible about that, you'd be like, fuck off. No, I, I think, I think, no, I think that, like I think that. that's I what, I, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that, that also I, I want to be able to just pause and listen to other people. Like, for instance, when I'm at work, when I'm at loose and younger people say stuff to me, I try, I'm really, really open and I really, really listen rather than just doing that older thing where you go, oh, you're this age, so this means da, da, da. I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the goals for moving into older age. Right. Is to listen more. I don't disagree. I think the devil is in the detail of how success... One sense of whether you can successfully do that cannot be made by you. It has to be made by the people around you. Because I think that my mum would, for example, or I would suggest that, oh, I've done that, I've done that. And then you come up against someone in your life who says, actually, no, you're not doing that. It seems to happen to me all the time. Where you suddenly turn around and you go, oh, oh, I thought I was getting a bit of a better handle on that. But And you hear it and you hear someone say something to you and it's like you walk into a into a wall but i think what you're talking about is self-appointed targets of flexibility which are very <laughs> different hell. no 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 but you are you're <laughs> saying you be more because what i'm saying is there are certain things i think you need to be more flexible about but you wouldn't agree can somebody put a ladder up at the window and get me the fuck out of here what the hell are you talking about you've gone completely nuts i haven't gone nuts do you know what i mean <laughs> it was just I just, I just want to be a bit more open. I don't know where we went with that. It was a bit random. Was it? Yeah. I don't, I don't really think I know where you were going. Exactly. Um, Bloody Helen, hell, look. Helen Fatherly, you look, uh, I sound more like my mum, but maybe I always did. I just hear it now. But, but, you, but you see, you say that you're hearing it. Because a lot of people don't hear it. Deep, man. 
Yeah, I don't know how deep we got there. We went it from bed went bugs far to deep. Too deep. Uh, well, can't get in an unmade bed, does my head in general. Yeah, let's let's get bring back it to back to basics. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's strip it back down. Siobhan Jordan, my head hurts. <laughs> okay, look, lots of people are coming through. Obviously, the big news today is the GCSE results. Um, it's so funny the way the press before I have we no before, idea what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, neither do we. Neither do we. I haven't got a fucking clue. Um, <laughs> it's so funny the way the headlines for the GCSE results ping from. GCSE pupils warned of 325,000 fewer passing grades. Uh, and then you go to the next headline, which says GCSE top grades fall, but they remain above pre-pandemic levels. God, this is a this is like ups and downs and highs and everything. So basically, there has they've tried to have what they call a big grade reset. You know, they're wanting to get things back to pre-pandemic levels, which I think we've talked about this before. I think is really difficult for two th two people. The group of kids that have come through the pandemic now, there's this strange idea that taking your GCSE in 2023, it happened totally separate to anything ever happening in their lives before. Mm. Like they weren't even alive for the pandemic. Curious, yeah. curious because they were all alive coming through education or not yeah. at that time. And it also retrospectively already starts to, I think, mark those kids who got their grades during the pandemic as having been given a sort of lenient sort of treatment. And I think you're gonna have both ends of the spectrum where that's gonna become, you know, in different ways, a real pressure for the mental health of lots of kids. So yes, they've been tougher with the grades, and yet at the same time, they're trying to get things back to pre-pandemic levels. So, um, and of course, we, we've got first-hand experience of the GCSE grades, and we're not gonna be sharing what's happened. No, no, but first of all, like, so how many people here are, like, are in a bit of GCSE hell today? Has, has anybody got their result? So first of all, what we will say is, and this is all we will say, is that we are really, really thrilled yeah, for, for so our daughter. She worked really hard and um, she's, done, she's done really well. Now, I believe that's all we should say. And we said yeah. this yesterday, didn't we, yeah. on social media? And interestingly, there was an Congrats, article... There was an article that came in today and... I just wondered what you guys thought about this. About can you can you get that? Mark? I can't remember what the name of the, what the headline comparison culture, and what it's doing to to kids. And I think this is a really important discussion because what happens nowadays? A child can be so happy with what they've got, and then the next question is people then drill in to what the grades were and what the numbers were and what they were and then what so-and-so got and what da-da-da. Now, if you think about that, what that takes away from that child, I think is really heartbreaking, actually. Don't you? When it's Because it's like you immediately go into, well, da-da-da and da-da-da and that comparison. This you comparison mean it, well, sorry, in terms of comparing it to other children? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is what comparison culture is. This is the article here that yeah. I sent you. Yeah. Sorry, just go up a bit. So um, the from wherever you look, the the um, advice is not to post on social media what your kids' grades are. And I think that that is really important. In the old days, again, children have no privacy on anything anymore, do they? They really don't. Like you'd get you people would get their marks. And then it would be whoever they told plus their family. But then when it goes out and then it goes out and then it goes out and then every parent can compare with every other child in the class and all of that sort of stuff. And I think it's really 
I think it's really damaging. And I think also as parents, we have to ask, why do we do it? Why would we want to? Now, I think mostly it comes from a good place. You're proud of your child and you want to go, oh my God, they did this, they did that, and they got this and they got that. And But I, I really believe that should be with your friends and your family because when you're putting it right out there, is it not bragging? Discuss. Um, let's just have a little look at what's... Because some, some of you guys have had your GCSEs come in. Bev Berry, was it Bev? Bev Berry, Mark and Nadia, my daughter, excelled in her GCSEs. Yeah, I mean, look, I think... Reese Roberts, the bottom line is hopefully if you can progress onto the next stage of academia without too much stress, i.e. your grades are sufficient as, a, as opposed to who gets the best. The, exactly. pro the problem with it all is, the, problem, the reason I have a problem with all of this compare, control, I mean, this problem with the comparing, contrasting and how you deal with kids' expectations, disappointments, hopes, aspirations, end of their lives, start of their lives, all this stuff that comes on a day like today is baked into this, this system way before today. So all of these fears and all of these worries and all of that stuff kicks in. I think one of the biggest things that most parents today need to be thinking about with their kids, almost regardless of what results they are, whether they are higher than expected, lower than expected, at a tricky level that means negotiation has to happen for which college you're gonna to go to, which course you're gonna to go to, all that kind of stuff, which is gonna be happening for absolutely everyone. All those choices, all those decisions, all those shortfalls, all those, you know, maybe excelled in certain areas. Whatever your circumstances today as a parent, as a child with GCSEs, you will have hit a cliff edge of expectation and there will be a moment in today of, yeah, you know, excitement and happiness and disappointment from the obviousness of the results, but also there's going to be a sort of bit of an existential moment of, well, hang on a minute, what was that all about? And I think it's really important to regardless of what's been going on what's been you know what you've got how you've got it how you've responded you know all that kind of stuff to really just sit with the emo whatever emotions are being felt just allowing whatever you're feeling to be felt and i do think you know comparing and contrasting with other people when you used to get your results you got them at school and you were with your closest but friends somebody just everyone said there, stands it you know someone somebody just said though i hate the way the news cameras are there i mean there's photos yeah, but there's always post -up photos of kids today crying yeah, yeah but there's always i just think why? But there's always been the asshole in the group who waves their hands aloft and says, I've got all A's, I've got all A's, now, I've got all A's. Now, the thing is, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, it's like it is questioning that stuff, isn't it? And it's like, I'm a natural show-off. I mean, I'm in entertainment. Of course, I'm a natural show-off. Um, but And so, naturally, I would want to go, oh, and also, it is because you're proud and you want to share that, but it's about just catching yourself. Why am I putting this on Facebook, why am I putting this on? Is this actually about about being proud and wanting my child to know I'm proud? Because I would do that within my family and friends, or is this about taking it one step further? Can you just get the article? Yeah, back? yeah. I'm just reading. I just want to read this comment as well. Marie Pitts. I had it all day on social media. My son didn't do as well as hoped, so not reading it anymore today. I would never put anything on social media, good or bad results. Well, I just want to say I'm pulling it back up now. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say, interestingly, it's, I don't think it's even. I think the pressure doesn't just come from posting your kids' results, which I think is obviously a wrong thing to do, good or bad. But I think it's even people, it's quite difficult for kids that haven't quite got what they've got to see posts even saying things like, well done on getting what you want. I mean, it's a difficult time, isn't it? Because on the one hand, there's something very sweet about wanting to celebrate, but there's also, you don't want to feel like you're rubbing anyone's, anyone else's nose in it. So for those kids that have really not hit today and they see all their other friends that they're connected with on social media, even not necessarily saying what their grades are, but saying, oh, I've done really well, 
How I think, do you, how I think do you avoid that? Isn't that what happened at school when you all stood there and got Yeah, I mean, I think that you're always going to have that. With whatever you have in life, there's going to be people that pull things off and do better than others. But I think how do we, as the grown-ups in this situation, help them, you know, manage that? I think if your kids um, have done better than their friends, I think this is a really good tip in this article here. I think it's really important to talk to them and, and, and explain to them to be sensitive and compassionate about you know how their grades are not to be a show-off i think it's really important not to be a show-off I mean, so this is all advice from young enterprise a charity which helps um kids they call it they, they describe themselves as a charity that helps kids navigate the changing world of work and you know the first tip is very obvious though sometimes all of us as parents forget to do this because we project on how we think our child's going to feel, or you must be feeling, is to actually ask them how they feel, pause, and let them actually tell you. Mm. Because um, it, it's an easy trap, isn't it, that parents who want to seem to be really, really understanding fill in all the gaps of actually how their child feels. So that's, that's um, sorry, I'll, I'll get it off here. That's it's number really one. Do I'll, I'll, I'll do it on here, darling. Yeah, and also, can I just also say as, a, as, a, as an addendum to that, one of the weird things about being a parent here or being a relation, so even like grandparents and what have you, if you're listening and you're about to speak to someone who's about to get their results, what you say now, I hate to say this, and there aren't many, but what you potentially say now will stay with your kids for years. I remember my granddad <laughs> having a comment about one of my A-level grades that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And it's that thing where if someone even jokingly says, oh, well, could have got 48 A stars, kids are almost, it's almost baked into being a child and the system to only home in on where you haven't accomplished what you've accomplished. So I think what you're saying now and what this piece says is really important. Be receptive to where your kids are with it. Yes, there's the practical concerns of is this enough to get to where you're wanting to go to and you have to manage that. But if your kid is feeling a huge achievement about something that you in your head technically are going, oh, well, that's not quite that. For God's sake, don't say it. Yeah. That's all I would say. Also, they say, and you know, again, it's, 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 it's like quite obvious, but it's easy to forget, to talk to them about how to be compassionate with their friends. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because that's, I think all of these things are really good lessons for life, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, GCSEs, shmees, I mean, we're really pleased for our daughter. She's worked really hard and she's got a GCSEs. We, we don't hold much store for GCSEs, actually. You know, we don't. We think it's completely overblown and kids are made to feel like their whole life is going to be determined by their GCSE results we all know as adults that's not true but it's but it's very important to them because they're in that world so you you have to respect that and there are a lot of life lessons to be learned through it you know like wow you know if you do say no to five or six parties and you just put your head down then you know Deferred gratification was yeah. a phrase that I used to love. Faith Goodman, you don't compare flowers to say my flower is more beautiful Aww. than yours. For example, I don't want to talk about any of the details, but there, you know, there's one aspect today of something where there's real self-worth has come from doing well in a certain area that came as a bit, not as a surprise, but was like, oh, wow, that work really paid off there. And, you know, it's about that as much as it is about fucking hell, can I sit down with this college and negotiate whether we're going to get onto the right course? To do? do you know what I mean? It really is about try not to heighten the sense of a cliff edge, positive or negative for your kids as best as possible. Another good tip, don't apparently hear, they say don't ask about their friends' results. 
That's a good, yeah. Because you, we could, I mean, I, I did that this morning when I, we were talking to our daughter and having read that now, I thought, oh God, yeah. Because in their head, they're going to be thinking, oh, they want to compare to my friends. <laughs> Just stay totally with what your child's Absolutely. telling you and sharing with you. Well, what, I, I, love, that was a really good but what I love as well is from the sort of homeschooling world. I mean, there, there's an aspect to it as well. Where if you have, if your sensibility is, does move less towards the conventional form of measuring education, all that kind of stuff, obviously it's required for passing to get to courses and all this kind of stuff. Let's not forget at the back of all of this is learning. I mean, learning isn't just about grades. Learning is about, and what I've seen through our sort of experience of, of conventional uh, education is a, is a mushrooming of interest in certain areas and certain sort of topics that for me is infinitely more important than necessarily a grade here or a grade there or what have you. Lucy Heaney, I know someone who put her five-year-old's report card on social media. She's a single parent and may not have had someone to share it with. Oh. But we do need to think of the child's privacy. Oh, that's so sweet. And I do think there's an enormous amount, of, you know, there's a huge amount, and I don't think it's all bad. I don't think it's all bad when parents are wanting to show up. No, you know I, I don't. Mean? You know, I think if I you don't. think about it, a lot of parents, private education and public sector, Gone so many parents loads. have gone through so yeah. much stress and pressure yeah. and difficulty and the pandemic and homeschooling and mental health, you know, to get to this point. So when something goes well, the compulsion to share isn't just one of, oh, you're breaching my data privacy as a young adult. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not just born of kind of like irresponsibility or, you know, show offiness. I think it's just a relief. We've made every mistake. Huge relief. <laughs> I just think, you know... I mean, you know, a lot of what I'm reading in this article, I'm like, oh, this would have been nice to have read yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Laura Lou, the poor kids who have failed, that feeling is gut-wrenching. And, you know, it's so hard to say to kids who are in the community of other children for whom this whole chatter's going on and it seems so important. It's very hard to anyone who really hasn't hit the results that they wanted to say to them, this doesn't matter. I can think of someone who knows someone else uh, in their A-levels who's really struggling with some grades that they got and it, and it feels like and an absolute feels sledgehammer. Life is ruined. It feels yeah. like a sledgehammer blow. Yeah. And it's at those points, you do have to shift where your emphasis lies. If someone has succeeded in getting what they want and they're looking at their next option, you have to step forward onto the front foot and go, okay, well, let's deal with that sort of positivity. If someone's not got the grades that they've wanted, you have to pivot and you have to turn around and you have to go, actually, no, we do need to emphasize the holistic approach to learning and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, MT, my ex called my son in Andrea's report to him with five... Oh, sorry, I can't... Where is it? My ex called my son in Andrea's report to him with five years. Oh, so I think there must be a no, misspell so I think there. there's a typo there. <laughs> uh, send it again. We can't understand um, it. Catherine Cronin, there's been a massive rise in anxiety among young people. I think most kids are navigating this world with amazing courage yeah. and hope. And they don't seem to be getting a break anywhere. It's just so yeah. tough. Yeah, just get And therefore it. tough on parents as well. Yeah. Because we're watching, I mean, another report out today about how impossible it is to get any student accommodation. I said, at university, I said, can, can they not cut a break, these kids? No. Wonder Woman, 15 to 18 isn't the best age to enjoy learning anyway. I mean, no, you know, these things not. all seem to happen at the wrong time, don't they? Um, yeah, I, I think I've probably learned a lot more in the last 10 years than yeah. I did. I mean, I left school with one GCSE, and that was only because I did it early. I did my English GCSE a year early, but, oh, my God, 
it has never made any difference whatsoever to me. Amanda wrote, shout out to my oldest son who doesn't have any exams because he couldn't cope with school, so didn't complete any exams, and he is amazing now at 23. Yeah. Exams don't define you. This is purely, you know, if you're in that system, if it hasn't gone your way, it is not the end of the world. And if it has gone your way, fabulous, brilliant. You know, then, then let's move on and let's, you know. But for all those parents out yeah. there, um, big, big hug and an extra big hug for single parents. Because Mark and I were having a conversation yeah. this morning about single parents yeah, and, yeah. and just how tough it is in so many different ways. So and not being able to share in the joys or in the or in the lows. So, mm -hmm. yeah, big hug to you all. Absolutely. OK, compression, not suppression. Let's talk about Kim Kardashian and her body shaping clothes. Oh, body shape wear. Um, shape this is wear. why I reposted is... one of my Kim Kardashians today because I thought this has got to be done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got some thoughts on this, but obviously this is your four, gig. What's this? Four billion dollars her company is worth now, Skims. Wow. Four Does that billion. make her more of a billionaire than the other one that claimed she was a billionaire? Well, it won't be just her billions, will it? All right. I so explain, know. what is this? What is shape so, wear? So has anybody ever bought any Kim Kardashian skims because I've worn I a haven't pair. I've worn a pair no not actual skims no no because joking. every time I go to because I think oh I really should get some of these because I do the Kim Kardashian skit you know um skits and then I go to the website and I cannot believe the price Mark you've got no idea the price of skims really who's buying it well you know, no, I know people billion? are, but that's a genuine question. Who's buying it? Who's a market? But is it my wealthy? Is it God, what? the marketing of it is extraordinary. When you watch the ads, you're like, oh my God, I just want to, I want to look like, and she uses all different shapes and sizes, much bigger women, really skinny women. She's all shapes and sizes and everyone looks a million I, bucks in them. But it's a really important question that I would ask if I was watching this as a punter. Who, who is she aiming? Is, is, does she have Every a, woman. Every single woman. I'm yeah. every is that, woman. But is that her market, every woman? Every woman. Right. So, right. Oh, she describes so, it as solution wear, not solution. shape wear. Solution. Oh, I've got, I've done, a, I've done an impression of the solution. A solution wear. wear. Was that like to take I was the, always, is that to take the poison out of the idea that it's all about body shape? I was always looking for solutions. So her thing was, and I get her because I was always exactly the same. You would buy the shape wear, the spanks and all of that, which is all about sucking it in as tight as you can. That's so you end up feeling like that suppression you end up feeling like somebody just said it there a trust up turkey so uncomfortable you get terrible wind terrible because it does things to your not your bowel but what are the tubes attached to your bowel intestines yeah to your intestines it pushes them in such a way that you can't get the wind through so you'll get home and you'll just have the worst wind pain and the thing is, so imagine, what do you think would happen if you've got a really big belly here and you put something that squeezes it really tight so it looks flat, where do you think the fat goes? It goes up or down. Yeah, so it would come up, up, up. You could end up with it up around Can here around the back. Can you literally massage and compress your fat <clears throat> so that it does end up around your ears? Well, Can you probably keep... your back, not around your ears, Can but I... to the top of the bottom of your neck. You What's the di OK, so I'm just going to wade into this in a classic male fact. What is the difference between this and the archaic tradition of basques and tightened corsets that would leave many women passing out? 
Well, it's it's all really of the same vein. Oh, that we is. are all trying to be a certain a certain look. Yes. But the thing is, with the skins and with this new compression rather mm. than some pressure suppression, suppression. Yeah. is that it's it's the material is like um and it's not just Kim that does it. Lots of people do. So so it's like all over. So you're just sort of. So the, doing that rather than doing that. Oh, I see. So it just slightly tightens So it's supposed you. to just sort of go with your body and hold things in place. And the thing is, I gave up wearing Spanx and all that a long time ago because it was just so fucking uncomfortable. And I thought, who am I trying to be? And I was likening it to the old corsets and the old got to wear smaller shoes. I've got a friend who's a size seven shoe and she always wears a five and a half because she doesn't want big feet. What? Yeah. But you know, as you get older, your feet spread. Yeah, yeah, but she, she you know, this mucked up thinking. So um, yeah, I gave up Spanx years ago. And so then I got really hooked into this whole idea of the Kim thing. Mm. But, you know, I've bought Kim copy stuff to do to do this, the things that I do. But, but, but it's just sort of comfortable. But it's not, it's not going to give you a Kim Kardashian body in a million years. Nothing is. But, but for billion worth of dollars goes through but can i ask the, the question it, it, it does is this trend which obviously is massively massively economical and, and of value and what have you is this is this <laughs> she warns husband had to cut her out of her spanks with scissors <laughs> i've had to do that is this not creating more of a body dysmorphic society uh, well i don't know about that i mean women have always tried to change the shape of their body in whatever way but I, I mean, I do think it's a step forward to do compression rather than, you know, it's just like smoothing it out. And when she says, I look for solutions, you know, she says she used to cut out bras and she would cut out, you know, so tights. I used to do all of that. So you're constantly trying to get something that will make your body be something it's not. But actually, my whole thing is just let it wobble. Just let it wobble, like a tummy that wobbles a bit. If you own it and you feel, and you fake that you are confident, that will be more attractive than this. This like sucked in. You'll see women walking across the room to the bar, you know, and they're all glammed up and they're like, you can hear the tights rubbing, you can hear the spanks going. And I literally want to go over to them and say, just take them off, be free, let it wobble. Hashtag let it wobble. It's beginning to remind me, the way you're describing it and the, the, the extent to which you were finding corners to pop bits of body into and areas that if you lift that bit, you can perhaps... Tuck that bit that. in there and then But it it's just like when, I was when we were doing a test dry run on um, Kiki's camping kit, it was like stuffing the uh, sleeping bag back into the bag. It's yeah. a little bit like that, isn't it? Putting it on. Yeah. Is that so right? it's like it goes there, pops up here, goes around there, around your, around your back. It's, it's, I mean, it's a multi, multi-billion business, right? Of course, not just Kim, everybody. So it's like know. stuffing a sleeping bag into a stuff bag, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, and I, I was looking around, I really need some new underwear at the moment because I've, you know, I've lost, I've lost a lot of weight. And, oh my God, the cost of it. Okay. Just even if you're just going to fairly, fairly average shop, you know, I'm not talking wow. about Kim Kardashian, I would never pay those prices. It is such a... It's so expensive. I think the battle has been lost, hasn't it, about us not being body obsessed. I think what what for me this all says is we're never going to escape, principally women, are never going to escape 
the desire or the cultural feeling that they need to somehow improve, tighten, smooth, or improve the look of their body. And do you th and, and is it about, are what we're looking at now, is are we looking at really a situation where what's the least damaging way we can do this? Well, he's trying to say, yeah, this is the way that you can be comfortable, you can still breathe, you can still yeah. fart, you can still move around, yeah. you can do, but you are not going to end up looking like Kim or any of the models, even those big, big, big models that they put them in. It, they, you know, um, Zoe just said the Amazon copies are great. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it feels a bit like nice tights. What happens when you then take Which it all allows, off? Does everything ping there into is place? A, there is a bit of movement. That's what you want. You don't want to be like, corseted. But That's it, what they say. But is there a sense for anyone? If you're wearing... Okay, final question on this. If you're wearing... Very serious. If you're wearing this stuff and you're thinking, oh, it makes me feel... Does that not make the moment when you take it all off even more stressful? Well, it's not very sexy, is it? What? You haven't felt sexy all night in them because it's sucking everything yeah, but it's in. Made and then you, look, got to, you think then it's you've made got, you look sexy. Yeah, though. then you've got to get back to wherever you're going and get the bloody things off. Exactly, but then at the point, presumably, if you're like, I don't know, you've met someone that night and you're yeah. heading back to their place, you think, oh, I've got to take this off and I'm going to take his eye out at the and same time. And I might have to get him to get a pair of scissors on. Yeah, exactly, and it's going to ping like a fucking bungee cord <laughs> and take his eye out. Is that a possibility? Maybe, I don't know. Oh, um, it's Lynn's birthday. We'll sing birthday, happy birthday Lynn. to you at the end. Make a note, because we might forget. No, I won't. Uh, you yeah. won't. Okay, um, and finally, meal deals. Meal deals. Now... Who gets Who a, meal a meal deal? deal? Do you ever, have you ever bought a meal deal? Um, I don't know if they were meal deals back in the day, but my love of the Marks and Spencer's prawn and mayonnaise sandwich started when I worked in Wardle Street at the age of 16, and I used to go Marks and Spencer's on Oxford Street. And I seem to remember that you could get a packet of crisps and the prawn and mayonnaise sandwich. So we're looking at about 1986, 87. I'm not quite sure when they came in. Oh, look, Coots. Um, but, but I, yeah, I'm not, I, I, it's quite a recent thing, isn't it? In the last 20 years, a meal deal? Tesco well, so meal deals funny. are six pounds. They used to be three pounds, says May Edmondson. Oh, well, Tesco, mm. Tesco's is six. That's interesting because Waitrose are launching theirs next Wednesday. It's made the news everywhere. And theirs is five pounds. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's been, it's so funny because when I would say to the girls, you know, what, what have you eaten today? Is they got, I've got a meal deal. And it was like. This, these words, started, meal deal, what's a, it took me age, what is mm. a meal deal? And then I was like, oh my God, what's a, oh yeah, it's bold pasta, it's this and that. And I was like, well, what's in the sandwich, you know, me, because I'm a health nut. And so I got this real thing about meal deals because there was always a fizzy drink involved in it and I hated them getting meal deals. But actually they are, and, and so many um, supermarket sandwiches are so disgusting with none of with nothing in them. There was a, but, but a lot of places came under criticism, didn't they? Because the meal deal promotes a certain kind of unhealthy you can a, can promote a certain unhealthy eating. So you know yeah. that combination of why do Ultra we assume process. that a bag of crisps is a good thing for even to even to have within a meal? Oh, I don't know. No, no, I do too. But what makes a meal deal? Is it a drink, a bag of crisps, and a and a sandwich? Is that it? Yeah. It or somebody is, there it? saying meal deal. 360 in Tesco's. 360 in Tesco's. Um, um, yeah. Prawn and mayo sandwich. Depends if you have a club card or not. Yeah, I've not, I, you know, um, yeah, meal deals. I must admit, the other day I was surprised. I love, I am quite, quite partial to a cheese and onion plastic sandwich. And I incidentally was passing a Tesco's en route to somewhere, picked up a cheese and onion sandwich, grabbed a packet of chicken flavoured crisps and grabbed a Ribena light. When I went to the till, it was so cheap. I it actually, I thought, bloody hell. 
That's a meal, and it said meal deal. I said, oh, <laughs> you've accidentally I hit a, meal a meal deal. deal. That's well, I am. I'm chuffed that Waitrose are doing because I actually really like Waitrose sandwiches mm. because I think most. Most shop-bought sandwiches, I think, don't taste of anything. Well, the independent... They never taste of anything. There is that problem. I and mean, you've kind of... You've steered me away from Pret. I've begun to realise the Pret sandwich tastes of nothing. Um, but look, the, the Times has done a little kind of breakdown of the best meal deals. Uh, the, the person who's written it says, said, I wouldn't have fed this to my dog about the worst supermarket meal deal. But here, here are the meal deals. They give Waitrose's top with 7 out of 10. So that's not... Meal deal offer of £5. Pounds. You get... Um, oh, cheese Taco and teriyaki salmon. salmon rolls. Oh, mm. God. Some kettle crisps. <laughs> and a protein bar, plus a fruit but that's, smoothie. Look, that's really nice. Uh, and also a cheese and onion, the nostalgic cheese and onion, which you love, which isn't their essential brand. And steak and caramelised. Mm. Then underneath so. Waitrose, you get Mark Suspensers at 6 out of 10 with a meal deal offer of £5.50, more expensive. Mm. You, you can hit the diet ginger beer and cloudy lemonades. To maximise your savings there. Um, a decent grain, grain salad. What the fuck is the point of a they're grain actually, salad? They're actually really nice. Grains. So it's not even salad. It's grains of salad. No, it's not grains. What's the grain? Grain. It's grain, like a rice or I'm a sorry, quinoa. I'm sorry, that's really angry. I suddenly thought... Oh, God, it's a bit grain, grain salad. <laughs> grain. How many coffees have you had this grain morning? Grain salad. <laughs> Sainsbury's is five out of ten with a meal deal offer of £3.50. <laughs> All the usual suspects there, it says. What have we got? Uh, this is plus a Starbucks Grand grand Iced Latte and a £1.25 packet of Fridge Raiders. Slow roasted chicken bites. Uh, Tesco's, four out of ten. Oh, my God, look at Boots. One out of They're ten. They're giving it one out of ten, but the meal deal offer is four ninety nine. Smith's is zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it, you only go to Smith's for lunch because the 1234 to crew has been cancelled again. I can confirm that my prawn mayo sandwich contained 27 tiny bullet-hard prawns <laughs> squidged between two slices of brown pap and the honey and mustard. Right, I'm going to do... I'm going right, to get, get me and Dina to do a Curly Cook's review oh. on next Wednesday of the Waitrose ones because they're coming out Sam meal deals next wednesday oh right okay all right yeah okay guys well look they oh and we were going to sing happy birthday to lynn, to lynn. Happy, happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear lynn happy birthday to you we love you very much and good luck and well done and don't worry about it and don't sweat it to everyone who's got their gcse results today